You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Praise God. Book of Philippians chapter 4. For anyone that's been following uh, what's been happening, uh, there was an Australian jogger in China that decided to go against all warning for her morning jog without any mask and it's in a time of uh, self-isolation and uh, she was videoed uh, running uh, carelessly through the streets and as a result uh, uh, her employer found this uh, uh, she lost her job uh, and then China's authorities got involved uh, and uh, told her she needed to leave the country This all came from the fact that she chose not to listen to the authorities' instructions. She thought, you know what, I have a body to look after, keep fit. I have things, I have a life I want to maintain and continue. Chose not to listen and now has been reprimanded for it. But I can't help but... Think at how many times you and I have faced those same circumstances. Bad things happening to us because maybe we stopped listening or we're not listening. Being tuned in to uh, what has been said, being tuned in to uh, what's been spoken. And as a result, find ourselves in difficult circumstances uh, all because uh, we didn't listen. I want to preach to you a sermon entitled Learning to Listen this morning. Out of the book of Philippians chapter 4, the very popular passage of scripture, the Bible says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, uh, if there is any virtue uh, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learnt and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Again, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me these do and the god of peace will be with you learning to listen i want to look firstly and focus on the fact that many of us are hard of hearing when we were young uh, how many can agree that we were hard of hearing uh, when it came to the instructions of my parents i remember vividly this is years ago i was only a young uh, uh, boy, uh, and we were all in the car, and I was sitting in the back of the car. I had the window wound down. Uh, back in the days when you had no electric windows, you're using your arm muscles to do that. Uh, and so I'm looking outside the window. I'm observing what's happening. Uh, the cars that are passing by, the wind is rushing uh, in my ears, and so uh, very little is being heard by me. Uh, all I could remember is at that time being inspired by my surroundings. I began to sing a song and I don't exactly remember the song I was singing it might have been something uh, uh, that I 
I may have made up uh, uh, on the spot, but as I was singing, I was in a zone, uh, and I was unaware of anything that was going around uh, uh, in, in the car. All of a sudden, I feel uh, something hit me on the side of the face. My mother had thrown something at me, and immediately I pulled away from the window and looked over at, like, what has just happened? And my mom frantically yelling at me, saying, we've been screaming at you for the last five minutes, and you wouldn't listen. We needed to get your attention. I can't tell you how many times as a parent now I'm reminding my kids, why don't you listen? There are certain instructions that have been told, and wouldn't it just be wonderful if it was just one time we're told something and we get it immediately. We don't have to think about it again. That lesson has been learned, and we can move on. We've qualified. We've got the certificate. We've won the prize, but it's not so. What we come to realize is that hearing is something... um, that we need to tune into. That many times we are hard of hearing. That sometimes we're told once, twice, three times, maybe four. If you're like me, maybe a hundred times. Because it takes time for things to sink in. And as I was doing this sermon, as I was writing this sermon, I couldn't help but find the correlation or the things that, you know, just married up with the effects of stress and hearing and how the hearing is affected by anxiety. I was reading an article that spoke about the effects of hearing. This article says, much like the way that your ears pop and plug when you go up and down on heels or travel in an airplane, changes in your body Stasis that can cause by hearing and, uh, and ears to feel different at certain times of anxiety. And so this article goes on to speak about that sometimes uh, when you are anxious, when you are stressed out, when you are functioning uh, under an uh, uh, you know, incredible amount of stress, you become impaired in concentration. As a result, now uh, they, they call it being zoned out. How many know what I'm talking about when I say that? You zone out. You just all of a sudden, you're thinking about so many other things. You're in a different zone, in a different world, and just going through the motions, finding yourself making mistakes and doing you know, something completely different to what you're supposed to be doing. How many have ever jumped into your car, started driving, and heading down the wrong direction, but just because... You just zoned out. You were thinking about, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And, you know, I, I, you know getting the kids in the car for school, uh, driving them to school. You, you know, I remember forgetting the kids' bags and having to quickly circle back. And so many things can happen because uh, of a time of anxiety. We're not hearing what's being taught. This article went on to say that, uh, secondly, you can find that you can begin to notice unusual sounds. That because of anxiety now, you have uh, this perception, this, uh, t- you've tuned in to these annoying sounds. You're uh, over-anxious. And this can happen when you come home uh, and there's nobody home and it's just, a, it's just a dark room. And all of a sudden now, you're so anxious that all you can, you can hear every creak. It's like, what was that? 
Someone's tapping on the window or something's going on. And, and this stress now affects your hearing as though you are just, I mean, before you walk in, if someone's home, you just walk straight in. It must be my wife or the kids are doing something. You don't, you don't feel anything about it. But now that there's anxiety in it, it affects your hearing. Also affects the tinnitus, the ringing in the ear. Many people that are faced with anxiety are now uh, hearing that uh, uh, ringing in their ear and it becomes so prominent uh, uh, that it consumes them. But it's amazing at how the correlation between anxiety and hearing are there. That when you are stressed out, it affects your hearing. It was Jonah, the Bible says, received a specific instruction from God to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel and bring a great deliverance. But it was interesting that he had his own mindsets, he had his own thoughts, he was not thinking straight, and instead of following instructions, he goes in the opposite direction. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through to 3, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so paid the fare and went down into it to go uh, with them to Tarshish from the presence of of the Lord. Now, what's interesting about that passage of Scripture is something uh, that uh, relates to each and every one of us, and that is found right there in our text. But Jonah, God gets a, you know, God gives him a command. But Jonah thought it would be better to do something different. But Jonah didn't agree. But Jonah thought it would be better to go the opposite way. And how many times it's been us? Put your name in. But Michael thought, wanted to do things his way, thought it would be quicker. And we didn't listen. We didn't pay attention. Here is a specific instruction from God. And we think, you know what? I've got this. I know exactly what I need to do. And instead of going in the direction that God has chosen us, we go in the opposite way. We're living in a, in, a, in a time right now where anxiety is at, is, has, you know, it's at a different level. People are stressed out beyond belief, buying all types of uh, uh, foods and things that they'll probably never eat, or you know, just, but they're just worried. We've got to stock up in case. Now, having been told restrictions. You're taking too much. You're going over the top. Not one, don't take 20 packets of toilet paper. Just take one. But they think, no, 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 no. I am so anxious. I can't listen to any sound advice, anyone's advice. I've got to do things in my own strength. You know, our ability to quiet down our anxieties will help us hear the voice of God. Can anybody say amen? Add to that, not only hearing the voice of God, but actually follow through in the instructions that He's given us. James chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 22, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. That there's something about doing what the word of God says that strengthens us, that gives us peace, 
and that guards our hearts. We have to be willing to allow our emotion, not a, we, we, we have to be willing not to allow our emotions to cloud our judgments. Become irrational people, especially when we're stressed out, especially when you're overwhelmed, especially when you feel as though I've got to act now. Uh, listen, pause, focus, uh, and try to listen to what God's saying. Because every single one of us can fall into the category of being a hard hearer. Can anybody say amen? So I want to look secondly this morning at sound advice. Because with so many voices speaking today, it's as if it's very difficult to find out which voice is right to listen to. These scary times are now causing the voice of reason to be drowned out. And all we hear in the media, in social media, is the lies that are accumulated and things are overwhelming. And it doesn't take much to hear something and see it. And then all of a sudden we're in panic mode. You know, as Christians, we have to be rational thinkers. Can anybody say amen? During these times of great uncertainties, we ought to posture ourselves in a way that defines us as Christians. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus is saying, speaking, he says, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. There's something about your ability that word keep there is to guard, is to protect, it's to be on guard. Your ability to be on guard during these times is going to, make, it's going to determine whether you keep the word of God inside of you rather than have it pinched from the lies of this world. Now there is something about hearing sound advice it's described as truth or having a ring to it or being in harmony. In other words, sound advice is complementing every other aspect of your life. In Philippians 4, 8, our main passage of Scripture, the Bible says, Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these. And so here is the passage of Scripture saying that you need to not just take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and make it your own concoction, but rather as you gather all the information, you bring in a godly summary which helps you to stay grounded, which helps you to continue to live in peace rather than in anxiety and torment. In other words, if it's not true, don't listen to it. If it's not noble, if it's not just, forget it, shut it off. Because what happens is it'll creep into your ear, it'll begin to consume your mind, and now when God is instructing and asking us to act out in a way that is right, we are consumed by the other, by the other voices. So how do we know? 
what is sound advice? How do we know who to listen to? Because it always starts with who you're listening to, who and what you're listening to. Number one, listening ought to improve your behavior. Sound advice will cause you to improve in behavior rather than the opposite. It's going to help you to make right decisions rather than put you in a more difficult circumstance. James chapter 1 verse 19, the Bible says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. See, here is something profound that the Word of God is showing us. Be quick. Be swift to hear. I want to hear truth. I want to hear what's right, uh, what's going to benefit me. Uh, and that there is then going to affect how I speak and how I react. How many know many times we are prone to just react? Wrath. We get angry, we get anxious, we get emotional, and these emotions drive how we live. But the Word of God says the first thing you need to do is listen. And it ought to help you to react in a way that is appropriate. And so learning to listen, firstly, ought to improve your behavior. Number two is listening causes you to prosper. There's something profound about sound advice that helps you to get ahead of the curve. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to my pastor and it is that moment of just realizing I was within inches of making a great mistake and I remember his counsel being, Michael, I don't want you to be out there and be like those spinners on those tires, on those, on those wheels. How many ever seen those? The car stops but these things are still spinning, going nowhere. And it's like wasting days after days after days. Listen to me. Sound advice causes you to prosper, causes you to avoid the harsh realities, causes you to help you to get ahead of the curb so you're not always living on the back foot. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20. The Bible says, He who heeds the word wisely will find good... And, whatever, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. And so here is listening that causes us to prosper. There is happiness. There is an achievement. We've now found our niche. Listen to me. We can hear so many things being spoken into our ears, but it is sound advice that causes you to prosper. Years ago, I was counseling a, a, ma a married couple. And before they came to me as their pastor, they went to a professional counselor. counselor and the counselor's first advice was, after the wife left, she's not listening. You need to divorce her. How many know that's not sound advice? The first session... She's not listening. You need to get out of this marriage. She's never going to change. You need to be careful who you listen to. 
Because not everyone that you're listening to wants you to prosper. Number three, listening protects us. In Matthew chapter 7, the Bible says in verse 24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on a rock. Now, I know a little bit about building. One of the most frustrating things in building is when there is unleveled ground. We always, as bricklayers, come on site after the concrete has set and it cannot be shaped or molded anymore. And of course, as good uh, uh, concreters do, they leave it, they go, and it's somebody else's problem now, irregardless of the fact that it may not be level or it's out of place. And I can't tell you how many times with a jackhammer, a grinder, you're there going, why didn't you just put the level on one more time before you left? Somebody else's problem. Jesus said, whoever hears my, these sayings of mine, it's like one who builds on a rock. A house being fortified from the foundation up. Stable. This is what that's speaking about. Stability. Let me ask you this morning, how's your thinking? Is it stable? Because if it's not, you're not listening to sound advice. Because sound advice is there to protect you. It can be built upon. It's trustworthy. It has integrity. See, our confidence comes from hearing sound advice because we know the source. God, in the book of Jeremiah, reminds Jeremiah, and he says these words in verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. See, God is speaking that to us this morning, church. That irregardless to what you may be hearing out in the world, yes, there are real viruses around and there are real deaths and this is really affecting you, but that ought not to be the only voice that you're listening to. You ought to be hearing the voice of God that is crying out saying, I have a hope for you. This is the heart of God, despite us going through the most difficult times of our lives. Listen, you know, this is like nothing I've ever experienced in my entire life. But we can't rule out that God's not still in control. Our strength, again, is found in crying out to God. And the reason why I use this passage of Scripture here, uh, be anxious for nothing. It is such an audacious request from our, from our Father in heaven. Don't worry. Don't stress out. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. In other words, don't just sit there and worry. Voice your opinion. Voice your worries to God and allow Him to speak to you. Get it off your chest. Allow the peace of God to guard your heart and your mind. 
I want to look thirdly and in closing at the application. Because you know you've been listening after you've started applying it. It's amazing at how so many instructions get told to us. Many times are having to be repeated time and time again. And as a parent, you realize, you know what, all those times you spend trying to teach your children what it is they should be doing, there's nothing more rewarding than when you see them applying what you've actually told them in the past. One of the biggest tests being uh, of stopping before you cross the road. You know, my haunting thoughts of uh, something terrible happening, of my child running across the road and being hit by a car, any parent would uh, stress out about that. And I still remember that that morning where my, my daughter Annabelle, she ran on, uh, uh, you know, straight onto the road, didn't even look and, and watching in horror as I was absolutely unable to help in any way, hoping that every car would stay still until she crossed to the other side. And thank God they did. But it's amazing at now how you just, you're watching from a distance and seeing what she's going to do and she's, She's weary now. She walks because, you know, there was a very uh, uh, lesson. There was a, there was a tough lesson to learn for her in more ways than one. But you know you've been listening after now you begin to apply it. And it's interesting at how this Australian jogger, she just, you know, carelessly there, she's, I, I've got things to do, I've got a life to live. And, and, you know, all of a sudden didn't think about what she was doing. You're not listening because you're not applying it to your own personal life. And see, this is truth. That in life, we never stop listening. We never get to a point where I, I don't need to listen anymore. I've got this. In fact, those are dangerous times. Can anybody say amen? The confidence that we have is that whatever God is trying to say to you is always for our benefit. You don't need to fear God and what He has to say for us, to us. You don't have to worry and feel as though, you know what, he just wants to destroy my life. He just wants to suck all the fun out of it and I'm just going to be miserable for the rest of my life. Listen, if God's trying to speak to you, it's for your benefit. Can't tell you how many times I've been frightened to hear from God, but only to find out that it was just exactly what I needed to hear. See, this is the hope in Jesus Christ. Can anybody say amen? That while we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us. Even at our worst, He still loved you. Even at your worst. That means morning breath, bad hair day, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, still loves you. That's a good God. It's the application. Are we listening to what God's trying to tell us. I want to uh, close with this story about Thomas Dorsey. Thomas Dorsey was a famous musician uh, that got radically saved and converted. And back in 1932, he was 32 years of age, fairly new husband, 
He said, my wife Nettie and I were living in a little apartment on Chicago's south side. One hot August afternoon, I had to go to St. Louis, where I was going to be featured a soloist and a large revival meeting. I didn't want to go. Nettie was in her last month of pregnancy with our first child, but a lot of people were expecting me to be at St. Louis. I kissed Nettie goodbye, clattered downstairs to our Model A, uh, and in a fresh Lake Michigan breeze, chugged out of the Chicago onto Route 66. However, outside the city, I discovered that in my anxiety of leaving, I had forgotten my music case. I wheeled around and headed back home. I found Nettie sleeping peacefully. I hesitated by her bed, some, something strongly telling me to stay. But eagerly to get away on my way and not wanting to disturb Nettie, I shrugged off the feeling and quietly slipped out of the room with my music. The next day, uh, sorry, the next night, in the streaming St. Louis heat, the crowd called on me to sing again and again. When I finally sat down, a messenger boy ran up with a Western Union telegram. I ripped open the envelope, pasted on the yellow sheet uh, was these words, your wife just died. People were happily singing and clapping all around me, but I could hardly keep myself from crying out loud. I rushed to a phone and called home, and all I could hear on the other side was, Nettie is dead, Nettie is dead. When I got back, I learned Nettie had given birth to our little boy. I swung between grief and joy, but yet that night, unfortunately, our baby boy passed away too. I buried Nettie and our little boy together in the same casket. Then I finally fell apart. For days, I closeted myself. I felt that God had done me an injustice. I didn't want to serve him anymore or write any gospel songs. I just wanted to go back to the jazz world that I once knew so well. But then, as I hunched alone in a dark apartment those first sad days, I thought back to the afternoon when I went to St. Louis. Something kept telling me to stay with Nettie. Was that what God was trying to tell me? Oh, if I had paid more attention to him that morning... I would have stayed with Nettie and been with her when she died. From that moment on, I vowed to listen more closely to him. And something happened to me, then I felt at peace. I felt as though I could reach out and touch God. I found myself playing a melody, one I'd never heard or played before. And the words in my head, they just seemed to fall into place. He wrote down these words, Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn through the storm. Through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, and lead me home. He says, these, the Lord gave me these words and melody. He also healed my spirit. I learned that when we are in our deepest grief, when we feel farthest from God, He is the closest he's ever been and we are and when we are more most open to he, and are more most open to his restoring power and so i go on living for god willing and joyfully until that day comes when i take me uh, when he takes me gently and leads me home i want every head bowed and every eyes closed this morning no one moving around just for a few moments.
presence of God is in this place. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I want to give an opportunity. Firstly, you're here this morning. You're unsaved or maybe you're backslidden. 